Hello and welcome to the next episode of Pharmacast, the podcast from the School of Pharmacy at Queen's University Belfast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by three of our fantastic technical staff here at the school, often referred to as the backbone of the school, keeping us all organised in terms of what we're doing and also helping our students out in a range of different ways as well. So what we hope to do over the course of this podcast today is to allow all of you guys listening at home to learn a lot more about what our technical staff do. Some stuff you might have already thought of and a lot of stuff you might not have. So again, as I mentioned, uh, we're joined by three of our technical staff today. And rather than me spending some time introducing them all, I thought it might be better just to ask those guys to introduce themselves. So Anya, maybe if I start with yourself. Yeah. Hi, Dan. Thanks so much for inviting us technical staff to talk about ourselves today. Um, So yeah, I'm Anya McGuckin and I am a technician in pharmacy practice and simulation and I support the teaching of proprietary dispensing and clinical skills within the MPharm degree. Good stuff. Thanks, Anya. Paula, yourself? Hi, Dan. Thanks for inviting us um, to highlight what technicians do. Um, So um, I um, work as a floor manager um, for two floors, the MBC 6 and the Whitla third floor medical building. Um, so I support the um, nanomedicine and biotherapeutics group, um, which are involved, involved in the development of unique genetic therapies and delivery systems that can be applied for the detection and treatment of cancer. Great stuff. Amazing stuff, Paul. Thank you very much. And then Andrew, yourself? Hi Dan, good to see you today. Um, I have been in the school for almost 20 years. I'm a floor manager within the school responsible for um, three different research groups, the Donnelly, Larnetta and Paredes group on the Maclay first floor and then the McCoy, Wiley and Carson group on the second floor of the Maclay and then also the Thakur and Vora group on, in the Whitlam Medical Building. Great stuff. All very busy. Much busier than I am. So I appreciate you taking the time out to, to have a chat with us today. So thanks very much for a little bit of introduction, even already in all of the things that you've been saying in terms of what you do and where you manage and what you look after. There's already quite a big sort of variance in, in terms of all of the various things that you do. And that's one of the things that I wanted to explore a little bit more in terms of your day to day work, how that maybe differs to one another as well. Because I think that would give a really good idea of the breadth of the various different activities that our technical staff are involved in here at the school and a, bit, a little bit further afield as well. So I guess maybe that question, I could just open it up to, to all three of you in terms of what your technical roles involve, how they might differ to one another as well. Um, Anya just happened to be looking at you. So maybe if I asked you to start in terms of what a day to day looks like, the various different skills, roles, things that you do to help us out. Well, um my the the real core of my job is to support um the uh, proprietary dis- dispensing module within the farm degree um and i also support um clinical skills uh, learning as well um now the students are um required to to know how to take measure blood pressures and to use not scope and um these are additional clinical skills that you know i am involved in teaching mm-hmm. so um for the dispensing module, um, we have a fantastic facility. We have a, a community pharmacy shop, which has obviously all the real drugs and medicines within it. Yep. So my role is to um, take charge of that, have the stock correct and everything in place for classes to run smoothly. So I am there throughout every class um, with the students and um, I support both the academic staff and the students within the class to have it run smoothly um, to keep things going. Um, 
So I do love this part of my job because it allows me to interact really with the students. Um, so I build relationships with them and I support them during the class, which can at times become quite stressful mm-hmm. and pressurised. But um, so in, in this way, I can also support my academic colleagues by addressing problems which students don't necessarily need to go to the academic yeah. for input. Um, therefore, it sort of ensures that the classes run smoothly and to time. So, um, so for that reason, I suppose... Um, we're in a good technicians are in a good position to play like a pastoral role within the school um, as we're always there within the lab environment or within the classroom um, just to listen to the students Um, maybe when they're a bit less I suppose brave to go to chat to academic staff about things and little issues that they might have you know technical staff are there as that middle person to uh, chat and speak to um, clinical skills I um, also help the students learn to measure the blood pressure as I mentioned um, and we use some of the other equipment for that as well so um, yes I, I work alongside my academic colleagues and teaching the students how to measure blood pressures and uh, I also designed a, a, a tutorial for one of the other um, modules, which is responding to symptoms. And I, I teach the students how to identify um, an ear condition. And we use a simulated um, device again for that. We have a simulated head that has um, little <laughs> ears that you can pop on <laughs> and off, um, and a dial at the back that if you turn it, uh, you can change it to all sorts of um, interesting ear conditions. So yeah, it's great, it's really great to, to work with the students, um, show them how to use the equipment, uh, get them up to give it a go themselves and in a safe uh, way that they're not going to be, um, I suppose, hurting anybody else yeah. until they feel you know, really uh, at ease and proficient in what they're doing um, within the class and they can, they can take that out because I believe that they will be doing this sort of thing more mm. often now, um, obviously with the, the pressure that's on the GP clinics students, uh, pharmacists now need to uh, be jack of all trades and have all these different skill sets within their own um, role so um, I'm very happy to be part of training them up on that as well so yeah it's a really good yeah, really absolutely. good job yeah, yeah. And the simulation is obviously very important from that sort of m farm prescribing uh-huh. situation yeah. as well students coming through so yeah it's fantastic to have you helping us out with getting all of the various bits of simulation ready to go mm-hmm. particularly when it's these bits of equipment they're a little bit more complex I think than people give them credit for when yeah, you I have so. yeah. things like those simulators where you can pop the ears off and things yeah. like that. <laughs> be a little bit intimidated and start working with. It's good um, for a laugh too. It gets, gets everybody at ease. Yeah, it's, it's probably making people feel a bit more comfortable yeah. with playing around with these type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew, maybe on to yourself in terms of your sort of day-to-day and the various roles that you're involved in. Okay, so currently the floor manager within the school I'm responsible for the three different research groups, as I said. So Professor Donnelly, um, Dr. Enrico Larnieta and Dr. Alejandro Paredes, who are primarily investigating design and physiochemical characterization for delivery of transdermal and topical drug delivery. And then Professor McCoy, our head of school, of course, um, Dr. Matthew Wiley and Dr. Louise Carson, who are working on drug delivery, biomaterials, sensor development, and medical device enhancement. And then Professor Raj Thakur and Dr. Lalit Vora, who are working on ocular drug delivery through systems such as injectable implants and nanoparticles, the name too. Um, my involvement in that would probably be, most of all, 
I would say health and safety is a massive part of my role from day to day, going into the lab, making sure that people are wearing their PPE, which most pe- most people <laughs> are very good at, um, giving a gentle reminder perhaps at times, um, doing things like risk assessments yeah. on equipment, cost audits once a month where I'm going around seeing if what people are working on is on their cost form, which it should be. Um, some trying to nudge them in the right direction sometimes. Um, things like... Um, auditing the labs to make sure on a daily basis walking around the labs to make sure they're in the state they should be um training of researchers phds and undergraduates in various pieces of research equipment including thermal techniques and scan electron microscope mm-hmm. probably takes up more of my time now than it used to okay. there's the school's so big now yeah. in comparison there's so many people we've got master students in at the moment so we've got 25 master students in at the moment so quite a few of them need training in those techniques so that's a great way of meeting new people as well yeah. um, a lot of my role as well are things that I do inventory for all items within the Maclay Research Centre and the original pharmacy building so anything that's a larger bit of equipment that costs over so much I have to document that look it up in the system make sure it's in the lab it says it is and that can be troublesome when smaller bits of kit go missing and it's in some cupboard in somebody's lab you didn't know it was in. So a bit of a wild goose chase there. Maintenance of equipment, troubleshooting, liaising with outside companies, with engineers, um, other things, I suppose. First aider, um, deputy fire officer for the department, calibration of instrumentation, um, filling the NMR on a weekly basis. That's a really important task and helping with the helium fill and then organizing services for new pieces of equipment. And as time goes on, people are getting more and more new pieces of equipment, which is great to see, but um, that can have its own problems as well when you're trying to find space in the school, which is at a premium to say the (laughs) least. Great stuff, Andrew. Uh, What about yourself, Paul? So um, I've only recently come into this role as laboratory floor manager. Um, I uh, came into it in August, last August. Um, so before that, I was a, a research technician before that. Mm-hmm. So um, so said before, I manage two floors and they're in two separate buildings. So um, I get my steps up before <laughs> lunchtime, <laughs> which is great. Um, yeah. So um, as a researcher, um, I was focused on getting the research done and I never really realized well where does that co2 come from where does the liquid nitrogen come from yeah. who fixes that piece of equipment or um you know um, who fixes the faulty lights who do i report you know report them to so that's where we come in as technicians so basically i oversee the smooth running of these labs um to make sure that the research goes smoothly um so Every day I feel like the lab mummy. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people have called me Monica from Friends. Um, I don't know whether that's a good thing. It's got to be a good but, thing. Um, but I've never watched Friends, so I, I don't know. Um, so um, we sort of deal with problems, like very simple problems. Like, you know, I'm having an issue with this machine. Can you take a look? Can you show me how to do this technique? Yeah. Um, so um, it's completely different from the research position. Um, and... It's quite a lot of students, it's 40 students and staff members um, to, to get involved with every day. So it's, uh, it's quite a lot. It's good stuff. Yeah, I think even just from what you've said there, the, the variation in terms of what you all do and the amount that you do to kind of support everything else that's going on in the school is pretty abundantly clear in terms of all the stuff that's happening there. So it's fantastic to get that as a bit of an overview. One thing that 
um, you know, we, we constantly hear is from students and about how much they appreciate the support that they get from technical staff within the school in terms of their studies and some of the stuff on you that you've even mentioned earlier as well in terms of that and I, I wanted to focus in a little bit more on that too because again it is something that you know students will always be very positive about so can you give us a little bit more information about how you would work with students directly the sort of support that you provide to them during classes during teaching and even outside of that a little bit as well I know on you maybe started to mention that in terms of your your roles but maybe even to start with yourself again in terms of how that looks on a sort of module to module or week to week basis um, and then maybe just what other support we can provide to students as well in terms of you guys um, well like I had mentioned earlier then you know I am the technician that's in every class mm -hmm. throughout that week so you'll have 30 students per class yeah. and then they'll ro rotate um, every 45 months or so um, so I'm there just to if, if they have any issues with any of the software finding products um, just the stress of it, you know, yeah. they know immediately that I've made it clear from the offset whenever I, I do my introductory week with them mm. that, you know, I am that person that's floating around the background. Um, if they're, um, I suppose, a bit nervous about coming to yeah. speak to the academic staff at that stage. I'm there to, to come to at that friendly, smiling face, I hope, <laughs> most days, <laughs> maybe not all, um, that they can come and just ask for help. Yeah. And, you know, without giving them answers, I'll certainly prompt them and, and give them a bit of an indication what they may or may not be looking at or is right or wrong. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's their, it's their responsibility to, to get that module um, understand what they're doing mm -hmm. and you know get the award that they need um, but I am happy to support them throughout it just to keep the class run smoothly and to keep that pressure lid you know from, yeah. from blowing at times yeah. you know um, I suppose in my clinical skills um, it's really just about understanding what the outcomes are that the students need from that module so it's really important as a technician for us to be aware of that so that what the information that you're imparting to them is really going to help them to, to get that skill yeah. as quickly as possible yeah. to be able to get the results at the end of it that they need to pass their module. So um, um, I, I think that because of the bits and pieces that I've done with um, the students and the, the end of the teaching that I've been involved with, um, it has allowed me then to... Um, become an associate fellow of the higher education academy yeah. um so i must be doing something right i suppose <laughs> <laughs> and helping the, the students to learn Absolutely. and you know so i think as a technician if you're motivated enough that you really want to invest what you do in your students and to see them to succeed at the end of it which we really do and you know the school of pharmacy is such a fantastic close-knit school mm -hmm. that you know you really do get to know the students as individuals yeah. and um you can really build up a relationship with them yeah um so how they get on really does matter to us technical staff as well and it's the same i'm sure in all of the labs with the research students mm -hmm. you know they're they're not and not everybody's local they come from far and wide and you know there'll be different levels of support that they'll need and uh, I know that all the technical staff within our, our school here are very keen yeah. to, to put that lend in hand out to them, you know. So, yeah, it's just about, um, I suppose, signposting the students to, to different help that's there, um, being that middle person for them to reach out to if they need. And, um, yeah, just I just feeling comfortable in doing that and, and happy to do it. 
and I think all of us technical staff really, really are, you know. Absolutely. What about yourselves, Paul, Andrew, in terms of the interaction you have with students, even at sort of postgrad research level and that sort yeah, of thing? Well, yeah, we have a lot of PhD students, master's students in our lab, plus we have also ongoing research <laughs> projects with postdocs and, and people like that. So basically, um, my job is to make sure that that research goes smoothly. Um, so if there's any equipment issues, if even techniques, down to techniques, you know, maybe someone wants wants a new technique or I could put them in touch with someone. Yeah. So we're sort of the go-between too because we, we do know quite a lot of people in the university, even not even in the School of Pharmacy, but in the wider um, wider community in Queens. Um, so we're able to, to be that person, that go-to yeah. person to come. I mean, my door is always open. Um, everybody's always knocking on it. <laughs> um, uh, I have to sometimes put a shutter down from a lunch break because, <laughs> you know, um, but um, but yeah, I, I, I like to be there in the lab, a presence to um, for people to be able to approach me because as Anya said, um, the PhD students that we have, that they are have come maybe far away from home, missing their families, and they're there for maybe three, four years. Um, and it's given them emotional support too. And um, it's great that um, the School of Pharmacy is actually holding a workshop in September to sort of make um, st- members of staff aware of what, what is out there yeah. to support um, people um, that, are, that are struggling. Because PhDs are, they're tough to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and they always get into this um, dark hole in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they don't think they can get out of it. But, you know, sometimes it's just nice if you do see someone down, you go and have a chat with them, you know, to see if you can sort of have that conversation with them to um, get them talking. Um, so so my role is, yes, it's all the, the paperwork, it's all the health and safety, it's all the, you know, taking the equipment to the, to, um, to the, the workshop and things like that. But it's also a lot interacting with the students. And that's why I love this role, because I do love working with students and different people and faces. When I first started in Queens um, 30, what, 32 years ago, um, I was younger than the students and I <laughs> and I I've, I've got older and they've got younger so so um so yeah so I've, I've I've had a lot of experience dealing with with lots of different different um different students and yeah and I think that's a thing with that, that support which is great to hear too and that I think a lot of students particularly at undergrad would see technical staff almost as much as they would see certain academic staff you know with, with the number of laboratory classes and things like the you know the simulation classes and pharmacy practice as well you know it's, so it's a great opportunity for you guys to link in with students you'll get to know them as well as academics do so it's great for you guys to have that connection there too Andrew in terms of your support for students is it much the same as you know what, what, what um, Anya and Paula said or is there differences to what you do with students too? Um, I think I think a lot of it is similar you know I also help an undergraduate class level three and mm-hmm. there, there probably is a bit of a difference between the undergraduate support and the postgrad support sure. in the undergraduate you know we've all seen it where maybe a student's struggling or maybe there's not feeling well yeah. in the day or something that's about as Anya said it's about giving that pastoral support too to yeah. them and letting them know you're there to help them I think okay. sometimes students maybe come into the lab and maybe they think uh, the these guys are not ogres but you know what I mean in yeah, a sense yeah. it's you know are they approachable so yeah. it's putting on that face putting on that smiling face that welcoming face that yes we're approachable we want to help you we're here to help and that is our role um, in the lab with the PhD students and that is 
Paul was saying, like a lot, of, a lot of people are so far away from home. It's mm-hmm. about fitting them into that lab dynamic and the groups mm-hmm. that I, I've experienced in working in the three groups that I work in directly with. They're all very good at that, mm-hmm. making people feel welcome. And we were just saying yesterday, the three of us were having a discussion outside outside of this, what we're going to talk about in the podcast, and we're <laughs> kind of saying, you know, this school is a friendly place. Yeah. You see people in the corridor, people say hello, people ask how you are people are actually interested and i think that comes across well to our students and phd students from um far and wide um phd students would come to me they're usually looking for training or they're looking to as paula said you know maybe they're looking for a middleman to show them where to get something Mm. or um somebody came to me yesterday looking for advice on somebody to make something and i think there's a guy Stuart, who's a great guy, works in physiology. Um, Stuart's done us many favours over the years. So <laughs> big shout out to Stuart. Big <laughs> shout out to Stuart, Stuart <laughs> in the workshop <laughs> there. Hopefully he'll continue to do it. Um, so, you know, they're looking to find that link between maybe them and how to get something completed. Um, yeah, and Paul said sometimes PhD students, they all go through the, the dark days where yeah. you, you're there and maybe... It's a cup of coffee. Maybe it's a chat about something that's outside of work. Mm, I love to chat about sport. Maybe mm. they'll chat about football. Or um, even a technique that they're struggling with, do you yeah. know, and, and maybe you could, you know, break it down and and sort of say, right, well, what's the steps you're doing, and try to t- sort of troubleshoot it for them, because um, you know, that's that's all it might be. You yeah. know, they're sort of banging their head trying to do this procedure, and it's not going anywhere. So it's just about you know trying to help them and supporting them with that. Yeah, um, so. Yeah, and again, that really ties in with you know the feedback that everyone hears about what you guys do, which is yeah. that it is that support. And if there is something technical, believe it or believe it or not, that they're struggling with, then you guys are there and yeah. have that expertise. Yeah. And I guess that maybe comes on to one of the next things that I wanted to chat a little bit about, which is how you guys have all come to be sitting around this table <laughs> talking to me about being technicians, being technical staff. Yeah. Um, you know, you obviously know a lot about a lot, um, and that just doesn't come from nowhere. You know, it, it, there's obviously a lot of experience that you guys have and a lot of training and, and that sort of thing as well. So, you know, I'd be interested to know a little bit more about what it is that you guys do, what you did before, how you, what training you maybe undertook to get into your particular roles, and essentially, yeah, how you've come to be in technical roles here at the School of Pharmacy. I don't know who wants to start off with that one. I'll start. Go ahead. <laughs> As always. <laughs> um, so I, um, I'm i working in Queens now. Gosh, you wouldn't think it to look at me and all the people out there listening will not know <laughs> my, my fresh face I look. Very um, young voice on you. <laughs> uh, I'm here now coming up on 25 years actually this year. Oh. So, um, and I began my journey in um, Queen's University as a trainee technician. Okay. So, um, and then... I was um, enabled to do a part-time degree while I worked here. And so here we are, fast forward, um, nearly 25 years later, I'm quite happy uh, in my job and happy working in Queen's. So um, I think that for sustainability-wise, to to bring in people and train them from the very start like that, I think it, it uh, definitely lends itself towards people staying mm-hmm. and being happy in their job. Um, without a doubt, the School of Pharmacy has definitely supported me with a whole lot of different things. Um, and and also there's a, a new initiative, mm-hmm. which you may or may not have heard of, is the, the Technician Commitment. Um, so the Technician Commitment, it is um, an initiative that was started by the Science Council and uh 
Queen's University. I became a signatory of it um, in 2019. So basically what it does, it is um, it is wanting to make the technical roles more visible. Um, it wants to help technicians gain recognition for their jobs, um, to avail opportunities for career development and um, just to ensure that the technical roles are made sustainable as well. So um, that, because of that initiative, we're very lucky now to um, had a, a rollout of a brand new pilot scheme of an apprenticeship um, opportunities. Yeah. And within the next week or so, we will have um, interviews taking place for nine new apprenticeships beginning um, in August or September of this year. So that is really due to the technician commitment and knowing that um, to keep the expertise going that the technicians have within higher education and research, you know, you have to have that sustainability um, addressed and the apprenticeship um, scheme is the first way of trying to, to deal with that. Hello, Paul Andrew. In terms of yourselves, you know, how have you come to be in your roles at the minute? You know, what's the, is your background similar to Anya's? Yeah, or is your... it's, it's something similar, but I've been here slightly longer. Um, I've been here 32 years. Um, so I came in as a trainee technician and I came in and I says, I'll give it three years. <laughs> and 32 years later, I'm still here. So I feel like I'm part of the furniture. Um, so my first three years I spent in the School of Biology, it was then, um, uh, in the undergraduate practical classes. So I, I um, used to set up all the classes and things like that. And in, I was lucky enough in that to do an HNC in Applied Biology. Um, and then I moved into virology research um, and I stayed there for 17 years um, and then during that time I completed a part-time degree in environmental sciences um, and then I moved into cancer research in the School of Medicine and then during this time, um, about, I think it was 2013, I moved into pharmacy and because the PI I was working with at the time got a lectureship okay. so I moved with her. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm glad I did. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a brilliant school. Um, so, um, so yeah. So I've been working um, basically in research since last August, and then I applied for the floor manager job and was successful. And um, now I'm running two floors. <laughs> so that's my it. story. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what about your story? Okay, so I actually just as an aside, I actually remember Paula as a demonstrator in one of my. <laughs> Level two I'll classes in virology at Queen's. I won't tell you what year it was. <laughs> um, I'll give away my age then. So I started in 2003 at um, Queen's. At, well, I was came through a degree in biology first and then started in um, January 2003 as a pharmacology technician, um, also helping in the microbiology preparation area and being involved in both level two and level one classes. And then in 2008, I thought I'd um, apply for a different bit of a different role within the school, a more research-based role, which I'm still I'm still in today. Um, so I'd also have responsibility for a level three class, the delivery of large and small molecules. So in April, last April, I was delighted to be promoted to floor manager. Um, so continuing to oversee the three research groups I've been in, and yeah, like I've been happy as a technician the whole time I'm here. Yeah, two kind of different roles where yeah. the first one was primarily teaching this one's primarily um driven by needs of research group but yeah working in a fully supportive school with right down from academics technicians clerical 
everybody just bonds together yeah. and I think that's the important thing. I think probably as technicians, you know, I think that's a point they'd probably like to drive home. You know, we are a team within ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, a very, very good team, very diverse as well in our skills and our roles, but um, we really do come together quite well. And I think that's the skill is just a strong skill that just has a great team ethic about it. Yeah, no small thanks to you guys all keeping the place running and keeping lots of academics, including myself, organised when it comes to teaching and helping out but at the last minute a lot of the time with my poor organisational skills. Um, one thing I wanted to come back to was that technician commitment um, just because it's obviously a, it's a great thing and I think everybody is very positive about it um, because of it's, it's there to really celebrate you guys in terms of what you do and put you at the front and centre um, and on you had mentioned you know career development I think you guys are all really great examples of developing your careers as technical staff and you're, you're managing floors and looking after you know big swathes of teaching and stuff as well um, I guess if someone was listening out there and we'll come back to this maybe we're going a little bit around the houses on it but if someone was thinking about a career in this area thinking about becoming a technician what are those sort of development opportunities that are there for you know on you mentioned about your associate fellowship at the higher education academy and things like that what are those opportunities how did somebody do what you guys have done and develop your careers essentially what, what are the opportunities that are out there for that um well as i mentioned to you there that the, there is now the new apprenticeship mm-hmm. scheme which has just actually been rolled out at the moment as we speak we had um a quite a, a large group of um potential apprentice uh, arrived yesterday and they had a tour around all the different parts of the university um there are going to be nine apprentices but uh, they'll be spread over all the different faculties within the whole of queens sure. not just be um our our faculty so um that is a good starting point um because you know you, you'll have your job they'll be doing a three days per week working and then they'll have two days in the Met College doing, uh, they'll hopefully by the end of it have an MBQ3 okay. um, and then after that they'll have full time employment. So after that it's up to them I suppose if they're motivated they, they have opportunity to mm-hmm. expand on that to do a higher a higher um, level as well possibly move on to a, a HND. Yep. Um, so, but again, it's absolutely up to the individual themselves. You know, if you are motivated and you work within a good group um, and, and a good supported school with mm-hmm. management, you know, if it's going to benefit the school, what what you're asking for, you know, you, a lot of the time, you know, they should at least consider supporting you to do that. Um, for sure, there's plenty of support here yeah. in their school to do these things. We're very lucky. I would say we're possibly gold standard in that respect um but there the opportunity is there for you but you, you you need to be that sort of a motivated individual that wants to go and, and grasp it um through the um t- t- technician commitment then as well um there's more opportunities for you to become um professionally recognized yeah. as well um the Institute of Science Technology is one example. Um, there are there are ways for you to become um, registered with those. Sure. Um, so you know the opportunities are there. Um, we now have a technician commitment uh, web page for the technicians of Queens. 
Um, if you go onto there, you'll see all the different types of things that's um, available to you for training, um, as well as that, all of the different um, awards and exciting things that other technicians throughout the university have done that's there to be seen as well. Um, I should just note as well that anybody that is um, heading something very exciting under <laughs> a bushel summer, is that the right saying? I don't know. We'll call it that anyway. <laughs> Down my end of the country say that. Um, you know, let us know about it. Get it out there. Get yourself visible mm-hmm. and um, try to promote what, what you're doing. Yep. Because that's what the technician commitment is all about, showing that, that you know, and getting the value, people to see the value of our technical, our technical roles. Um, as well as that, there is now a, um, a technician mentoring scheme within um, the, the university as well. And that, again, has stemmed from the technician commitment too. Um, I have signed up to be a mentor for that because, um, again, through the School of Pharmacy, we had opportunity to be mentored by mm. other members of staff here as well. Yeah. Um, it wasn't solely technician to technician. It was any any grade of staff at all or any what's the word discipline Mm -hmm. could uh, mentor each other so I was very lucky in that I had um, a fantastic mentor with um, Dr. Bridgine Gervin and I really got a lot of value from that so um, I decided to become a mentor technician mentor so that I could give a wee bit of that back to other technicians throughout the university that um maybe just don't know what channels to go through to ask for help to to see opportunities and to know that yes actually you can go ahead and ask for that you can try to get support for that um so you know we've just finished myself and maria ray another technician within our faculty have a group mentored um three other technicians and and we've just finished that recently um so it was really really great experience good good for us as mentors good for the mentees um so yeah there's a lot of value to that as well um i'm trying to think of what else now just um different technician showcases that have been held as well i'm um one of the technical um, reps in the steering group for the technician commitment within Queen's. So we've held a number of networking events and showcases for technicians, um, which has has really been fantastic. You know, it's brought all the different um, other members of staff, um, support staff, academics, um, some of the other managing staff yeah. all have come to see what all our te- our, techni- our technicians do. Um, we've had poster presentations, we've had demonstrations of all the different types of techniques that we use. Um, really insightful, I think, for a lot of other other staff members who didn't really understand what technicians do yeah. and all the experience that they have and all the different skills that they they have so the technician commitment has been a really great thing and you know it's really all about um, motivating people and showing them that actually you know what I do is maybe much better than I thought yeah and um, much more than what others thought yeah. so um I think it's really good to build on that and and keep showcasing ourselves you know yeah, so. absolutely it's, it's it's I think everyone has that sort of assumption that you guys are all very important in terms of what you do and the place wouldn't run without you but it's that 
full realization of the extent of what you do you know everything that you've mentioned in terms of you know all three of you and what you do in terms of running your labs and running your, your the, the various different teaching spaces if that wasn't happening there would be lots of things that just simply wouldn't work within the schools within the faculties and stuff as well so yeah i mean that's a great opportunity for people to know more about it and that's kind of where those career development opportunities come from as well i guess on that paula one thing that you had mentioned before we we pressed the the big red record button earlier was around the leaf program as well in terms of how technicians can support sustainability i was wondering maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that and and how you guys support that as well so i was asked um by actually another technician um to get involved with the leaf program so um it was trying to get as many many groups um, to get a bronze award so um, so my two floors MBC 6 and the Whitley Medical Building third floor entered into it and um, so it's basically the um, laboratory efficiency assessment um, framework and it's trying to um, create the university's net zero um, strategy um, so it's just basically been able to um, tell people um, how to go about trying to be more environmentally friendly mm-hmm. in the lab, if we can be, because um, we know we use a lot of plastics in the lab, so it, it is difficult. But it's even just, um, you know, recycling um, things. So I set up, um, for the first time, recycling of um, plastic media bottles. Mm-hmm. So basically these media bottles were just being um, thrown into the autoclave bag, which was heat treated and then thrown into landfill. So now we've got um, an actual designated bin where people rinse them out and put them into the bin and then they're all recycled. Also things like um, recycling of tip boxes and and things like that, like cardboard, polystyrene, just all those general things that we we tend to use or tend to, what do we do with it? Um, Plus our chemical bottles, um, sharing of chemicals um, and things like that. So it was just to promote it. So I, I made a notice board and um, in the lab and it was it was funny actually because I, I did it all in green card <laughs> and he put this lovely like leaf leaf design over it and someone thought I was doing it for Easter. And I said, are you doing an Easter board? And I said, no, that's leaf. So what's leaf? So then I was able to yeah. explain all about it. And so everybody now on the two floors know what leaf is about because of, of this. So even if I get that across, yeah. that's something. Do you know? Um, and even if they recycle one plastic bottle, it's better than none. So it's just trying to promote to pr- promote all that. So um, so yeah, so it was, it was fun doing it. Um, so so we, we got the bronze. So we Good. got two bronze. Congratulations. So. Yeah, and I guess it's that promotion, but also then your expertise feeds into supporting people to do that yeah. stuff at the same time, right? Because it is that recycling, it's disposal of things like solvents and all that sort of stuff that ties in nicely as well. Excellent. So I think as we we're trying to maybe round things up, because it's been a, a great conversation in terms of understanding more about what you guys do and, and how you do it, I always like to kind of ask people in the know who come and chat to me who's very much not in the know on these things they kind of speak to me as if I'm somebody who is interested in that area and interested in becoming a technician and so what I would really like to hear from both of you or from all of you kind of two questions one what's probably the most enjoyable part of your role as a technician right if you had to sum it up into one thing what would you enjoy most about it and also what one piece of advice would you give to somebody who was thinking of becoming a technician as a career path Anya I'm going to start with you because I've been starting with you for everything so we might as well finish out that way too what I love I actually most of all I love working with students I really do I love I I love um, supporting them um um 
yeah that, that's it I really do enjoy working with students mainly and that's like 90% of my job and um, and I hope that what I do is of benefit to them yeah. um, becoming it what was the other bit of your so question just what, what piece of advice one piece of advice you would give to somebody who was thinking of becoming a technician as a career um, I think team playing is very very important you know you're you're not always on your own. You, you'll have support if it's there for you, but you know you need to give it back. You need to be to able and uh, ready to support others as well within your team. Um, for for me and on the teaching end of things, it's very important to have a good relationship with your module coordinator, um, the academic staff. You know, keep those lines of communication open so that you know you're able to help them. They're able to help you. That you know exactly what your role requires and that you're able to fulfil that. Um, and as well as that, I think if you're motivated, motivated to try to um, put yourself forward for things, to enhance your own career. And, you know, not just sit back and say, you oh, I'll just do this and yeah. I'll go home. But to actually get yourself, invest a wee bit more in your, your job and um, make it, it really does make it more enjoyable for yourself yeah. at the end of the day. And, you know, to have, to achieve things at the end of it, you know, it's very good for your own morale. And those things matter in your day-to-day job. So, um, yeah, that, that's the sort of recommendations I would give. Anyway. Safe advice. Yeah, yeah. Paula, what about yourself? What do you love most about the job? What advice um, would you give to me if I'm thinking about becoming a technician? Okay, so um, coming from a research background, I had a lot of techniques and it's just lovely to be able to share those with people. Um, it's just been able to see, you know, a, a PhD coming in from day one yeah. and not knowing anything to them going the third year and knowing it most, most things. Yeah. And we had a part to play in that. Um, that journey yeah, and I think that's that's the bottom line really it's it's all about the students yeah. and um, uh, one thing if I was you know, giving advice to anybody definitely you need patience for this <laughs> especially this role Andrew would agree with me you definitely need patience you need a lot of energy yeah. and enthusiasm and positivity because you need to give be positive you can't be negative all the time and um, yes people will do things wrong but you have to, you know, be a diplomat in a lot of <laughs> in a lot of ways. So, <laughs> so yes, skill that's that's <laughs> definitely is. Yes. And last but by no means least, Andrew, yourself. Yeah, I think one thing I love probably is seeing someone coming from undergrad through to the PhD, through their further career, yeah. and even in here we've seen people that have went from undergrad to PhD, postdoc, and then the further career. Sound mm-hmm. familiar? <laughs> you know but there there has been many exa- many examples of that you know um and people just stay in the department because they love it because yeah. it's so good you know and there is a good vibe about the places i've said and that, that that's always remained um advice would be yeah be interested be motivated go and ask you know i think one of the things that helped me in my career was going to ask academic staff sure. can i get involved in that yeah. can i do that can I get involved and maybe help in your research group? I mean, I've probably mentioned my name embarrassing maybe, but Ryan Donnelly, I've, I asked Ryan at one stage, can I help with that? Can mm-hmm. I get involved? And he mm-hmm. said, yes, absolutely. And it put me in a, maybe made the transition from teaching to research and that really helped in that way. Um, the other, um, Anya and Paula were saying, be motivated, yeah. you know, be positive in science. 
in pharmacy, everything, all, every experiment will work out, will yeah. work out the way you want it to. Yeah. Every day will be different, and yeah. every day will have its own problems. You need to be as positive as you possible. To be an optimist. You need to be an optimist. Certainly <laughs> helps. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely, and ask for help from your core team. I mean, the team of technicians around you, academic staff, other researchers. Don't be scared to ask for help, um, because everybody's here in a one team in the school of pharmacy. Yeah. Great whoop stuff. Whoop. Even more sage advice. Thank you very much. So, yeah, folks, just a massive thank you to all three of you for taking the time out of what is a very busy job for all of you. Um, and I know that that doesn't stop when we get into the summer period. I know in, in a lot of cases it gets even busier. Um, our quiet summer used to be a thing in the days of yore and it's no longer. Um, so thanks very much for taking some time out to, to chat with us. It's been a really enlightening conversation. It's good to, to be be able to have a chance to talk a little bit more about what it is you guys do and, and how you do it as well so all that really leaves for me is just to say thanks very much to Anya, to Paula and to Andrew um, what we'll also do is provide some additional information along with the podcast we can find out more about things like the te- technician commitment and a few other things as well um, so you'll be able to, to dive into that um, once you've listened to the podcast so again thanks very much to the three of you for taking some time out and joining me today on the podcast thanks very much to everybody for listening at home and we'll hopefully speak to you again on the next podcast very soon so thanks very much for now